Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano. Peter Sampson is up next with The Pulse from 6 to 7 on 750 The Game. Oregon State heads to Utah Saturday. They're going to play in the daylight against the Utes. Jack Coletto, linebacker, running back, uh, pasta guy joining us now. Jack Coletto, how you doing, man? I'm great. How about yourself? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, I was at your game. Felt like uh, felt like you guys were the better team. I still think you were the better team, even though you didn't get the W. How did you leave that that Saturday night feeling? Oh, to sum it up, not very well. But, I mean, it is a good sign to show that we can compete with good teams. We just have to close and finish out. Yeah, yeah. I think psychologically most people don't understand kind of the week-to-week, you know, sort of reset that you guys that you guys deal with. Give us an idea of, you know, kind of how quickly you have to pivot, win or loss, how quickly you have to pivot to – what comes next? Well, I mean, especially when you get in the, the schedule of the season, the weeks go by insanely fast. Like, honestly, I can remember it being the third quarter right now versus SC, and right now it's Tuesday, what, 3.34? Yeah. So, I mean, you don't really get a lot of time to sit there and dwell. And granted, you shouldn't dwell on any loss or any win by that matter for too long and right now i mean our team's moved on we're on to utah so yeah give us an idea which what do you see when you look at utah on film uh, it's the same team they've always been from when i've watched film i mean big physical like to run the ball sound defense they're not super exotic so they kind of do what they do but so uh, it'll be a good game they're a good team do you like those kinds of games maybe more than when you see a team that likes to put it up 45 times? You know, do you like a physical game as a as a linebacker? Um, I honestly tend to not really have a preference. It doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I, I don't know because I just feel like I get so wrapped up in to how to figure out their offense and what they do and figuring out tendencies that, like, I don't know. There's just really no. There tends to be no preference for me, especially since our offense I mean, we're, our offense tends to be more physical and stuff like that. So, I mean, having the change of pace playing in the air and or having the familiarity of playing a similar offense to ours, it's I don't really have a preference. Jack Coletto with us, Oregon State linebacker. The the way you guys played against USC, the the the, the defense in particular. Help us help us understand. You know, did you feel going into the game that it was going to be that kind of game, or, or, or as the game's unfolding, you know, did you know did USC do anything that surprised you, or were they pretty much doing stuff and running stuff that you that you saw on film? They did what we they did uh, what we saw on film. They didn't really tend to waver or change too much. It was kind of similar to our philosophy. We kind of tend to do what we want to do. 
and then obviously have a few wrinkles and change-ups here and there. But, I mean, everything they did offensively was stuff we've, we've seen them do on film, so we were prepared for it. Jack, you know, I think that crowd was electric. I don't know what it was like to play out there, but being in that stadium, it was shockingly loud for what was about a half a stadium. Did Give me an idea of the sound in there compared to maybe the Boise State game. Was it all the same, or did it feel a little bit more electric on Saturday with USC there? Oh, man, it was juice. Beaver Nation was going nuts, man. I loved every second of it. But, yeah, it was definitely louder than the Boise State game. When you guys, uh, you know, as you are competing in that game, uh, and, you know, late in that late in that game, you had them down on the one-yard line, I felt like that was a big turning point for the game. It, when you look back on film, do you kick yourself looking at plays? Do you tip your cap to them? Do you do a little bit of both? Uh, it's so funny that – because every time you watch a game, especially a game that's that close, there's so much hypothetical situations you could play in your head. Like, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if we did this? What if we did that? And, I mean, to be honest, it's like, well, it's kind of fun to speculate and think about certain situations like that. I tend to find it not very useful. Yeah. Just because not really focusing on what's actually happened and the reality of things. And I tend to try to focus on the reality of things. Yeah, because I think you can you can analysis you know paralysis by analysis. It happens pretty quickly if you just sit there and pour over the film and go, okay, you know, if this guy gets a hand on the receiver and jams the receiver, then something else happens. But you don't know what the counter move is, and and I, and I think, look, I I felt like you guys were the better team, but I also sort of say give some credit to USC. They kept playing. Absolutely, I like that saying paralysis by analysis. That's a good one. There you go. Don't overdo it, you know. Are you a film guy? Like, you you talked about tendencies, but are you a big, let's study a bunch of film? Yeah, I tend to kind of get, I tend to kind of get lost in the film and lose track of time, but I enjoy it. I kind of just, I mean, just for me in terms of the preparation, it just makes playing the game so much easier and so much more enjoyable, especially when you know what you're doing. Like, if you go out there and you don't know what you're doing, it's a pretty miserable time. Yeah. Jack Coletto with us, Oregon State linebacker. The Utah game is going to be in the daylight. And I know some people, you know, in high school, you like to play the game under the lights or whatever, but something about a college football Saturday played in broad daylight. Do you prefer a night game, a day game? Does it matter to Jack Coletto? It does not matter to Jack Coletto. Gotta, my dad always told me you got to be able to play anywhere, anytime. Like that. Like like what we're seeing too on the field, uh, you guys psychologically, I do think this is a uh, going to be an important game for you guys. You 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 know playing back to back two of the best teams in the conference, but you got Utah a year ago. How much do you think back to what happened last year? What went well last year? You know, can you can you I guess glean anything from last year's win over Utah? Special teams, the block punt. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that basically what changed the whole course of the game. So, and I mean, who knows what it's going to be this Saturday, but you never know when the play that's going to define the game is going to happen, so you always have to be ready for it. You guys uh, have stu- school back in session. What has it been like to have students on campus 
they all probably know Jackhammer. What are they saying to you as they ride by you on a bicycle or see you? <laughs> I usually tend to disappear into my, my little cave. So, I mean, there's you, not too much of that. Going on. What do you mean I your mean, little cave? Care. Give me What's your little cave? Like you just kind of get into your own world? Well, just my little my, my, my man cave where I stay, where I sleep, my apartment. <laughs> So you just go in there, you come, you come out to practice, and then you come out on game days. Don't, don't bother Jack. He's in the cave. <laughs> exactly. He's hibernating. Uh, hey, hey, you know what? I kept getting uh, Ashley Adamson, who is a host on the Pac-12 Networks, tried to go on the Jackhammer website, and she wanted to buy a hat. She says uh, they're on back order right now. We got to get your your you know the supply chain going, man. For people who want to visit the website jackhammercoletto.com, if you want to check out the apparel uh, for for uh, you know Jack uh, Coletto, he is also donating twenty five percent of the proceeds to the Wounded Warrior Project. But Ashley Adamson wanted a jackhammer hat, man. Uh, we got to get a supply get the supply chain going. Well. To comment on that, we actually we did get the ball rolling yesterday, so everything should be back and good to go. So okay, all right. Definitely happy to. I'll tell yeah, I'll tell Ashley to get on there and order it now because at the game she was like, I wanted to wear the hat, I wanted to wear it at the game, and and uh, you know I I think it's good for business for for the Jackhammer collection to have that stuff out there. Jack Coletto is with us. Look, I won't keep you long here, but. How are you feeling? Like, take the temperature, the mood in the locker room. I, you know, you guys have dealt with disappointment before. Does this feel like um, you guys pivoted very quickly? What does it feel like for you guys? I think I think we've moved on and we're ready for Utah. And, you know, we've bounced back and kind of licked our wounds a little bit. So, ultimately, we'll have to see Saturday. But I believe... We've moved on, and we're ready to go for this Saturday. I want to see you play USC again. So get to Vegas. I want to see that rematch. You don't need to tell me twice. There you go. Jack Coletto, you get back to the cave now. We'll, I'll, see you, I'll see you Saturday in Salt Lake City. For people who want to uh, check out the collection, it's jackhammercoletto.com. If you want to check out his website. And, uh, of course, it helps the Wounded Warrior Project. If you uh, make a purchase on the website, Jack Coletto, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you, man. Great. Thanks for having me. There he is, Jack Coletto. I'm going to talk about this for a second, guys. Uh, the psychology involved here is really interesting to me. They lose a very disappointing game, game they probably should have won if they had just finished better, played a little better. Defense gave up uh, a big drive for USC, took it 99 yards on a big, important drive late in the game, and course the offense can play better and chance nolan four interceptions very difficult to win with a quarterback throwing four interceptions need better play from chance nolan but i'm very interested to see what oregon state looks like what their energy is like what their focus is like when they play at utah on saturday what about you guys yeah i mean they don't have any time to uh you know think about that loss and dwell on it right you're playing now at utah um probably the best team in the conference the second best team in the conference whatever it is you don't have time to dwell on this loss to USC, and you could just tell the pain that I, they have in that, in that locker room just based off what Coletta was saying there. You know, Can you use that to go out and motivate yourself to beat Utah, who is a really good team, but you beat them last season. So it is a winnable game, and you know, you just got to keep moving forward. 
you're close, right? You talk about getting to Vegas. The Beavs are close. They just got to get over that hump. Didn't happen against USC. Can they get it against Utah? But, yeah, I'm excited to see what they look like on Saturday. Yeah, I think this is a huge one uh, coming up this Saturday. I think we've talked so much about how good this Pac-12 conference is. And, you know, now that teams like Oregon State and Washington State, two contenders, have that one loss, there's there's not a whole lot of margin for error. So really important one for the Beavs. And if they're able to get this one against Utah, then they have Stanford, which more and more as they lose E.J. Smith, David Shaw announced today, they just they seem like kind of the one of the easier opponents in the Pac-12. So uh, really big game. And, you know, early on, early prediction, I, I expect Oregon State to play them close even on the road. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a really good test for Oregon State. Uh, beating Utah in Utah is difficult. Uh, I still think Utah is the best team in the conference, but I think Oregon State can be in this game. I think it's you know exactly the kind of game that Kyle Whittingham loves to play. We'll talk to Kyle Whittingham in about fifteen minutes. I want you here for it. The Utah coach will be joining us. But uh, good stuff from Jack Coletto coming up. Our big splash. The one thing you need to know today. Back to the bald face truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Stanford uh, running back EJ Smith out for the season. Lake Oswego's Casey Filkins will get the start against the Ducks on Saturday. A uh, lot going on with Stanford. I really thought, I think, Stephen, you and I were on the same page with Stanford. I thought Stanford would have a big bounce back year, and now I'm looking at them and going, um, you know, this may be the worst that I have seen Stanford in a two year stretch in at least before the Jim Harbaugh era. Yeah, I agree. I was with you. I, you know, I kind of bought what Davis Shaw was selling at Pac-12 media day. Um, and they, you know, to go by just this, this, the point spread market, you know, they're 0-3 against the spread. So they're even worse than what the market was rating them. And that was four and a half wins going into the season. So yeah, I was fully wrong about that one. And I don't know how it's going to get better, right? You talk about how bad this team is really compared to the rest of the conference. This may be towards the bottom of the conference team, and I don't know how they're going to write the ship now with the EJ Smith injury. Uh, Tanner McKee just doesn't look comfortable back there. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's a bad situation right now over in Stanford. I, they, they play at Oregon, 8 o'clock kickoff on Saturday night. Uh, good luck uh, with that late kickoff. But then they host Oregon State uh, the following weekend, and then they go to Notre Dame. Uh, I think, you know, I think they can play with Notre Dame, you know, unless Notre Dame takes a big step forward. Then they get Arizona State. They're they're in that game, but they finish at UCLA, hosting Washington State at Utah. I'm looking for a win Over. at Cal. You know BYU at home. Uh, this could be a tough one for David Shaw. Another tough one. Over their last ten games, they are one and nine, and that one yeah. win is against Colgate. Uh, my question for you, John, is is David Shaw going to be the guy? You know, does he have good job security? You think? I think he's got job security. I don't, I don't think Stanford's firing David Shaw. Uh, I think he's got too much success, too much institutional um, uh, momentum, at least, in that way. But, you know, the weird one for me is if you go back even farther, like, you know, they they weren't good at the end of last year, but they beat Oregon. And they beat Oregon in that overtime game. And so unless Stanford fixes something or finds some solution – 
I just I'm looking at like can they get to four? Can they get to three? Like I I think they can beat Arizona State. I think they can they might beat Notre Dame. Who knows? They uh, they certainly the big game Stanford Cal on November nineteenth is a game, but I don't think they can beat BYU. I don't think they can win at Utah. I don't think they can beat Washington State. Uh, I got a real question about whether or not they can beat UCLA. Um, I don't think Oregon or Oregon State are going to lose to Stanford this year. Could you just elaborate a little bit as to why you think he has good job security? Because uh, again, what's what's the excuse? You know, one and nine in the last ten games. This is a program that had so much success not that long ago and was a national power and it seems like they're they're in a tailspin what what's the rationality behind you know his job security well you look at stanford's his, history in football you know this is not a program that was historically at the top of the pac-12 conference in your lifetime yes what and why they were successful in your lifetime was david shaw took them to three rose bowls but look at Stanford football's history with bowl games, and it becomes pretty evident, like, why, you know, why it is that David Shaw is going to get a wide berth here. Like, you know, let's go, let's look at their Rose Bowl appearances, okay? They went to the Rose Bowl in 1902, 1925. Uh, they went to the Rose Bowl a couple times in the 20s, in the 30s, in the 40s and 50s. Uh, but then let's look at, uh, you know, just the drought that happened from about 1986 on um, you don't have a lot of success at Stanford in football in general and so really uh, getting to the Rose Bowl with in the year 2000 with Tyrone Willingham was a big big deal they lost that game but they got there it was kind of a breakout thing and then Jim Harbaugh had some nice seasons but then it's been all David Shaw I mean really David Shaw took him to a Fiesta Bowl uh, three Rose Bowls and you know, he won 10 games or more multiple times. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people at Stanford that – there a lot of Stanford fans are frustrated, but look at David Shaw's record of winning, you know, 10 or more games. He's got five seasons in his time there that he's won 10 or more. He's had them in the top 10 in the AP poll three times. I just think it's a – you know, it would be akin to, you know, he had a very similar record – as Chip Kelly had, you know, in like his first three seasons. So it would really be akin to how many mediocre or bad seasons would Chip Kelly have to have before Oregon would have fired him. And so I kind of think, you know, David Shaw has even more institutional momentum because, you know, you got just his connection to the Bay Area, his connection to Stanford, his connection to the university. So I I just think the fans are going to be upset. The fans are going to be mad. But you also, you know, they may lose patience, but I don't think the athletic director and I don't think the key alumni at Stanford are going to lose patience with him, not this year. And wouldn't a big thing be also, it's it's so hard to recruit to Stanford, and he has that proven success, right? You talked about how they haven't been good, but he has shown that they've had success there. It, could it just be that they know that he's done it before, so hopefully he figures it out because it is such a plus, tough place to recruit to? That too, and then he played there. I mean, just the connection. You're you're literally looking at you know, you know, Mark Helfrich got fired at Oregon after taking Oregon to a title game. But I think everybody viewed Oregon as that was Chip Kelly's team, and Marcus Mariota was on it. So, you know, David Shaw. If you go back to 2018, he had a nine-win season. He won nine wins. He had he won nine games in 17. He won 10 games in 16. He won 12 games in 15. You know, there's three, there's two Rose Bowls, three Rose Bowls in a in a four-year period, and so I think it's going to be really hard 
just based on the, this season and last season, because that's really what we're talking about uh, for people to fire David Shaw. So I, I do think there is some growing sentiment in that fan base. I get emails from diehard Stanford fans who are like, you know, what's wrong with Stanford? Here's what I think happened to Stanford. I think you had name, image, likeness. I think you had transfer portal. Stanford's not going to get guys in the portal the way others are. They're not going to lose some guys because I think the allure of the Stanford degree holds some people there. But I think Stanford lost an edge that it had and enjoyed before the portal. And then here's the other thing. The, the way that Stanford wanted to play under David Shaw is the same way that, you know, it's very similar to what Utah and Kyle Whittingham are doing. And, you, and Kyle Whittingham's doing it, you know, a little better. And Kyle Whittingham can get some guys into Utah that, can't, you know, you can't get into Stanford. So I think, you know, he's kind of cornered the market on what Stanford wanted to do with the physicality and the big offensive line and maybe some defensive line and run the football and, you know, play a little pro style. But so I think... You know, and then Jonathan Smith comes on the scene. And so I think some of what Stanford wanted to do was taken by Kyle Whittingham in Utah. Some of what Stanford wanted to do is taken by Oregon State. And if we're being real, probably the end of the Chris Peterson era was also like Washington was running some of the same similar type stuff as Stanford was. So I think I I'm not ready to give up on David Shaw, and I, I but I think some fans are ready to. And, you know, but I do think he would get. One more, probably. But look at his overall record. He's 94-47, and 47, despite having struggled in the last two seasons. So I think he's got, some, he's got some currency there, I guess is the easy answer. But I know Stanford fans are very disappointed in what's going on at Stanford. That brings us to our big splash. It's the one thing you need to know today. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. Must be the Big Splash. Well, Nets coach Steve Nash speaking out today said he wants to make it clear that his relationship with Kevin Durant is good heading into this season. Are you buying that? This statement comes following a rough summer for the organization. Remember, Durant asked for a trade. Then he asked for Nash and general manager Sean Marks to be fired. Steve Nash says, we're fine. After the first official practice of the season, we're good, he said. I guess they've talked. They love each other for now. Keep an eye on that. Uh, I don't think that that story is over. Coming up next, Kyle Whittingham, Utah's coach. He'll be joining us to talk about Saturday's game. They'll host Oregon State. Kyle Whittingham uh, probably looking at film of last year's game at Research Stadium where the Utes got run all over. Leave it here. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.